Hello and welcome to the Trail Manage Podcast, single track session number 85. Today, it's just your host, Eric Manning. Joel Hatch is in Phoenix, Arizona, but we're going to keep it rolling here on the single track session, so bear with me. This is going to be a little bit different format, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how I do, I guess, uh, by myself. Uh, but let's, uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, we'd like to, again, thank Harrison Fluman for joining us on our past episode, number 113, where we talked to him about a little bit about who he was, where he's come from, and then we're going to follow him along his journey to the Bigfoot 200 this year, um, his first 200-mile race. Uh, he's a good friend of ours uh, here in the Ogden area. Um, we recommend you go back and listen to that show. It was a lot of fun hanging out with Harrison. And again, we'll uh, we'll kind of do what we did with Jeff Hart with the Hard Rock 100 series last year where we just kind of follow him along in his training, him his preparation. And then at some point throughout that um, time frame, we'll go ahead and post on social media. If you guys have questions for Harrison based on really anything, um, he's open to, to answer anything about that. So uh, thanks again, Harrison, uh, for episode 113. This weekend, uh, Joel's in Phoenix, and I am fortunate enough to be headed down to Zion, Utah. Um, I won't be running the Zion races. I'll be heading down with some friends, uh, doing a little camping and some exploring on some trails. Uh, Jeff Hart, a friend of ours that we just mentioned, he's coming down from Bellingham. Uh, There's another couple coming down from Bellingham, Allie and uh, her, I I think her boyfriend. And then Jeff, Jim Skaggs is the one that organizes. He's the race director for the Buffalo Run uh, Adventure Series there. And uh, his wife and his their family. So it'll be a lot of fun uh, doing a little exploring and uh, hopefully taking some pictures that we can share. Uh, but Zion's such a beautiful place to get down, whether you're doing the Traverse, one of the races, Angels Landing, just anywhere in southern Utah is fun. So I'm really looking forward to camping, relaxing, and on my way down, I am going to indulge myself with the soundtrack to The Greatest Showman. Uh, My daughter turned me on to that show just this past week, and I really liked it, and I'm not a musical guy, so go figure, right? Uh, But a lot of happening uh, this week. We'll kind of jump right into it. Uh, The Boston Marathon, we don't really touch on road um, too much. We don't touch road too much uh, with our feet, Um, but the Boston Marathon, it's just one that, you know, you always got to take a look at. Um, It's really amazing event uh, so many amazing people hit that up the weather this year was uh, more trail weatherish than marathon based pretty nasty um, if you've seen some pictures or, or even ran the race um, but congratulations to Desiree Linden first American female in 33 years to win the event um, and some crazy adverse conditions um, so it's really I don't know, it's, it's always enjoyable to see those athletes run across the finish line, whether they're first place, last place, anywhere in between, because the emotion that they have, because you know the training that went into that, and you don't know each individual backstory, but you can only imagine all the, everything they go through throughout the year, you know, whether it's working up to qualifying for the marathon, injuries, families, jobs, tragedies, setbacks, motivations, whatever it might be, that journey for everybody is different. Um, but once you cross that finish line of any race, it's uh, it really is all worth it. Um, so it's a lot of fun to watch that. And pretty excited here in the Ogden area. Um, probably the, I don't know, you got the winners, don't get me wrong, uh, but the, one of the biggest stories that came out of the race um, that you'll see is the second place female, uh, Sarah Sellers. Uh, she is actually uh, went to Weber State University here in Ogden, went to high school in Ogden, I believe. Um, don't know her personally, and a lot of people, I think, now think they do, or they're best friends with her here, uh, which is kind of funny. But uh, her second ever road marathon 
um, battled injuries all through college. Um, I don't know, just just seeing some interviews with her uh, right after the race is just talk about your everyday runner, right? I mean, she just portrays this shock, right, when she finished second. Um, she didn't go out, I guess, thinking that she would do that. She said she was surprised they put her in the Masters or Pro or Elite or what do they have in, in I don't know, road marathons um, category. She didn't know she finished second because of, you know, people dropping. Um, but just a great story. I, you know, if you don't follow road running, and I don't, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, if you go back and check that out, um, it's just a neat story and uh, kind of fun to see people surprise themselves. And I don't know, she had a great race um, considering all the factors and everything that went into it. So second place finish for Sarah, so congratulations. On the men's side, Yuki Kawuchi in 2.15, uh, one on the men's side. And that's all we're going to cover on the Boston Marathon. Sorry. Uh, but if you ran the Boston Marathon, I know there's a lot of people that dabble in both road and trail. Um, great job. Um, I can't imagine what you, the weather was like not being there. Now, sometimes that Massachusetts or New England type weather is pretty gnarly, um, especially cold. A little different cold than a lot of mountain states. Um, but I think we've all run in races, right, that have had adverse weather conditions it's kind of the wild card and Jason Coop had an interesting comment you know coach for um in Colorado and he's like you know you train a lot don't just train on bluebird days right I, I know a lot of people look at the weather and they're like ah, I'm not gonna run today it's cold it's raining it's snowing it's you know whatever whatever it might be outside and you just don't train you're waiting for that a better day to enjoy yourself I think trail runners are a little bit different in that aspect where trail runners will kind of get out in anything. I think they enjoy the adverse conditions a lot, um, some more than others, obviously. But it was just interesting because I never really thought about that, um, which I guess when I look back on it, it was kind of silly on my part, but I've done that. You know, I run with Joel a lot or people, and we've been out in blizzards, snowstorms, times we may have been better off sitting home having a cup of co coffee. Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense is – you train for a race, right? So if it's a mountainous 100, you're working on elevation. If it's a flat 100 or flatter 50 or flatter race, you're looking for leg turnover and speed and, and things like that. But I don't know how many people out there honestly can say, yeah, it was it was a really bad rain, so I went out and, and ran in it. Or a super windy, um, so I went out and ran in it. Because you, let's face it, you can't control the weather of pretty much all the variables. That's the, the biggest one. And training in those conditions it's not like your body's going to say, oh, I've done this before. It's super easy. But your body, mentally, I think you're like, hey, I've done this, right? It's not my first rodeo. So it's good train for thought, right? Especially this shoulder season we're in right now, especially in the mountain areas where we get snow one day and 70 the next day. Go out on those snow days because you never know. Uh, higher elevation races, you never know what you're going to get into. And let's face it, Mother Nature's kind of bipolar right now, so you got to train in whatever you can get your hands on. So, um, Also this past weekend was the Lake Sonoma 50, which was the last, I believe, golden ticket race for the Western States 100. Uh, the women's side, Keeley Henninger uh, won in 7.13, but she turned down the golden ticket because she's already scheduled to do a different race or wanted to do a different race, and I don't believe it's here in the U.S. Um, and so second place and third place, I think accepted the tickets. Uh, Taylor uh, Nowlin at 7:44, and within a minute of hers, Camelia Mayfield. 
um, the 745. And I think both of those ladies accepted their golden ticket. On the men's side, um, I don't say no surprise because there's some definitely great runners in that. But Jim Walmsley came away with his uh, breaking his own course record in 551. Second place was Jared Hazen, 618. Mario Mendoza, third, 625. And fourth, we'll say it was, it was Eric Sensman at 633 because, as we know, Walmsley's already in Western and Mario Mendoza is, so it fell to second and fourth. So now the Cowboys have five in Western states. So that pack will be training hard, I'm sure, together, motivating each other. Um, yeah, it'll be even adding more depth to that Western field that we talk about so often here on the podcast. Um, yeah, you're going to have to bear with me. This is uh, different, right? Even for you listeners, without Joel here to bounce stuff off and give me a chance to take a breath and take a drink and wet the whistle. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep rolling right along. That's what Joel would want us to do anyway. Uh, another race that just took place, uh, one we talked about a little bit last week as well, was uh, Marathon Disables. Um, the winners there, I mean, Magdalena Belay was the winner for the women in 2511 third American woman to win in five years. And that's pretty impressive. Um, some fantastic runners in that race and some great female Americans that have won in the past. Megan Hicks, uh, Lisa Smith-Batchin, I believe Nikki Kimball's won that. Um, and now Magdalena's on that list. On the men's side, um, and again, here we go with the pronunciation, so it's a good thing I'm here. Uh, Rashid L. Morabidi. I'm going to Throw, that's exactly how I say it. I'm guaranteeing it. 1935, um, and his brother uh, finished second, uh, who's usually the winner of that race. So, again, not a lot of information uh, coming out for that one. Um, but apparently, you run in the sand. Um, I think that's the biggest thing we catch from that race is there's a little bit of sand out there. Um, so, congratulations there. Um, a fun race, and this kind of goes back to what I was just talking about with the weather. Um, this is one that really caught my eye for a couple reasons. Um, it's the Zumbro 100 in Minnesota. Um, and Minnesota is, again, a place I've been, um, a location that is known to have just that bitter, bone-wrecking, chill, cold weather. Um, but they had the 100-mile race, and let's just say they had some adverse conditions. Let's just keep it at that. And if you want to go back and check it out or you have read about it or have been there, you know what I'm talking about. 120 racers started this race. It's a 100-mile race, and I don't know the general... DNF rate or how many finish, you know, some races it's, you know, 10% DNF or, you know, have different oh, statistics that are pretty spot on every year um, between DNF. How about this one? A hundred dropped. 100 out of 120 runners dropped because of the weather and, um, and potential injury, I guess, and mental, you know, so there was 20 finishers. So those 20 finishers, I mean, talk about gutting it out. Um, just crazy. I don't have all the results for it. I don't want to dive into it too much. But I think it goes back again to that training in adverse conditions. And, again, it's not like, oh, my body couldn't run in the cold. I think a lot of it is just so much is mental because we've all been out there on those runs where the weather's been, like for me, my, my thing is heat. When it gets really hot, it's my body doesn't do well, but I think a lot of it has to do with my mind because I, I – look at the temperature anytime I go out to run, whether it's 5 a.m. in the winter or 5 a.m. in the summer. And if it's over 75, I'm mentally, I'm already starting to defeat myself. Um, because right now, if I see 40, okay, I know then it's just a t-shirt and light jacket um, in the morning. If it's 30, 
maybe a little bit, maybe a long sleeve and a light jacket. Um, you drop down to 20, then I'll put probably a heavier coat on, most likely still in shorts. Um, but when you get into, oh, God, 75, I'll stretch it to 80 once summer hits because then my body's used to it coming out of the winter. Mentally, I struggle, and that's something I need to tackle this year. Like, I'm purposely going to go out on some hot runs. And again, I think some of it is for your body, you know, to a degree, you know, getting your body used to running in those conditions. But I think for me, it's so much more mental because if it does get hot, I, I go into a bad place and I, and I, I hate that, um, because you're already kind of handicapping yourself in that race or that run. But I have friends that love it. I mean, they hit the higher, the hotter, the better, right? And I'm the opposite. That's why I run in the mornings. I don't run in the afternoons. I don't like running in the evenings. Um, it's that cooler temperatures where I can just get out. I can still sweat, but it's not where I just, I don't know, miserable, I guess. And then there's that big factor here where you have those, oh, devil worms, right? So the rattlesnakes are out when it gets hot. And that's one thing I absolutely, absolutely, mentally is ingrained. I saw a picture someone posted just, I think, yesterday, and there was a snake photo, and I, I haven't even thought about them yet this year. So I'm like, oh, great, here we go. And I've, you know, we've talked about them, but I haven't thought about them being on the trail. And now moving forward, that's something in my head. It's like, okay, they're coming out of hibernation. They might be squirrely. They might be a little more unhappy than normal. So I got to be more careful. So you won't see me running the heat for a while. I'm gonna let them get get out there, stretch their, well, they don't have legs, stretch their, uh, I don't know, bellies. And uh, wake up their rattles. But, uh, yeah, that's the other thing in the heat is the rattlesnakes. So I'm curious, what are there those people that run well in heat or didn't run well in heat that run well in heat now? What were some of your tricks, right? Or what were some of the things that helped you overcome that a little bit to where you could tolerate it more? Maybe even got better in it because that's my goal is I got to get, I got to tolerate it more. I don't think I'll ever be a good hot weather runner but I need to tolerate it more because you have to, right? I mean, the race season especially, you're going to run uh, here June through, oh, September. Um, you're going to have heat, and a lot of the races you're exposed. You know, Beaverhead's a great example where you get exposed quite a bit. The Ute, you'll be exposed when I'm down there. You know, I've been in races, just been miserable hot, um, and I've been in races where it's like 80 degrees and I'm struggling. And it sometimes because of the difference between coming from a 40 or 50 mile used to those temperatures and jumping right into 70 or 80. And it just affects your body because you know, you're not used to it yet. But I'm curious, what are people's tricks to get tolerating the heat? Like I get it. Hey, you just run in the heat. But is there a mental side to it? Like how do you mentally twi- flip that switch being where I'm not a, a young lad, and so I've never liked heat, teaching the old dog a new trick, so to say. So if you want to comment on this uh, Facebook post for Single Track Session 85, I'd appreciate it because I want to do better when it's hot because I find myself not bad in the mornings of a race, through the heat, struggle quite a bit, and then near the end, if I'm not wrecked from the heat, I can pick it up a little bit more, but it's that, that heat period. And I don't want to see, oh, just run in the heat. I understand that. But mentally, man, I struggle big time. So any information or tips you have on that, I would take it. And I also need some other help. So here's my other help I need. And this is serious. Not that the last one wasn't. 
So I'm working on some new artwork. So I'm getting a tattoo. Um, yes, I'm desecrating my body. Uh, but I'm getting a tattoo in my arm. And in the tattoo, there's a trail sign, right? And I don't want a blank trail sign. How many blank trail signs do you see out there? I don't know if I've ever seen a blank trail sign. So it looks like the, from the Trail Manager's logo, it kind of looks like that, right? So it's just a wooden post with, uh, it's like around it, I guess, with that little slab board right right across so it looks like a t i know a lot of people say trail manners which i'm not saying isn't an option got to you know branding right you know got to take it to the next level but is there something on there that would be cool so give you an idea of my tattoo it's a mountain right it's on my shoulder it's a mountain beautiful sky the sky's done the mountain's done i still got a couple more sessions for the the green grass and the trail and the trail sign so it's just a nice trail scene color but I need some hints or some ideas what to put inside the trail sign. It's not huge, so it can't be like sentences or a paragraph. It's, you know, one, a couple words maybe. I know that there's going to be now go get it, taper up, trail manners. I know those will be ideas from the show. But what other thing? Cheese curds, you know, cheese curds this way. Maybe you have a cow off in the distance so it looks like, you know, you're going straight to the cheese factory, milk factory, whatever it is. So yeah, uh, leave a comment there. I love participation, and especially when it's permanent, because apparently tattoos are permanent, I found out. Um, you can't erase them. So anything that you have idea-wise that would help me decide, I would greatly appreciate it. Okay, what else? We have a couple contests. Um, well, I think it's one right now, a big contest, and we're going to announce the winner to that. So we announced three tickets, three free tickets to the Ricky Gates night on may 4th here at the ogden trail running festival we still have tickets i am shocked and disappointed that that's not sold out yet ricky gates is coming to ogden utah and i just i'm surprised it hasn't sold out yet i would drive to go see ricky gates uh, anyway so we've got a winner this winner has it gets three tickets and they have to get to me asap because we're already ordering the shirt so if even if you register after this weekend you may not get a shirt so, the winner for the Ricky Gates contest for three tickets was Meg Mountains, etc. I believe, and you know, we do the little stocking thing. Megan Skinner Sessions, you are the winner for three tickets to the Ricky Gates night. Thank you for all those who participated and followed the instructions. So, Megan, email me at manners at trailmanners.com and uh, we'll get you signed up for that. And you don't need all the names yet. You can just say, hey, yep, got it. Give me three tickets. They'll be at the gate. And maybe just random, three random shirt sizes. Um, if you know who's going with you, fantastic. If not, just take a guess, and that's what you'll, you'll end up with. So congratulations. And, again, thanks, everybody, for registering for that contest on Instagram. And we probably will throw a couple more Instagram contests out there as well uh, because those, those seem to work pretty good. Um, let's see what else we got going. Trail work this is coming up. Um, let's see, April 25th at 22nd Street Trailhead in Ogden. You can get there at 4.30. Uh, myself, I'll be there. Joel will be rolling in. If you can't get there at 4.30, that's fine. We'll be going for a couple hours, uh, two to three hours, depending how long it takes us. Uh, we're doing trash cleanup, some trimming, uh, some trail work itself. So uh, we'd love to see you out there. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, manners at trailmanners.com. We should have plenty of tools. Uh, if you bring gloves, water, um, you should be set. We'd love people to get out. Uh, we love giving back to our trails. And especially, I mean, obviously if you're local, you don't want to fly. If you're from Florida and you fly in, I'll probably give you an extra high five, but maybe a hug. Who knows? 
but uh yeah we'd love to see some help out there to keep our trails looking good and it's a good way to give back and you know we've said it before sometimes if you're running these other events 100 milers or different things trail work um, you need to put in hours so that's a good opportunity to do that speaking of putting in hours we're still looking for volunteers for the ogden trail running festival may 5th uh starts at three o'clock goes for who knows still eight maybe um, but sit up starts at two so if you need if you have time you want to help out we sure could use some volunteers joel needs some out on the course for course marshals i need some in the expo area whether it's race check-in volunteering at the kids k you know there's a there's quite a few opportunities there even if you have a couple hours even if you're running the race and want to come early to help for something or later for something we appreciate that as well so go ahead, email manners at trailmanners.com, um, and we can get you on the list, and we can see what we can do to fill in to, to get you out there. But we'd love to see more people out there. The race is still open, although guaranteed shirts orders is in, are in. We ordered a few extra, but not many. Um, we'd love to see you out there. It's a, it's a fun event um, that we really want to just grow here in our area, kind of give back to the trails as well and get people exposed and, and used to being out on the trails. Um, let's see what else we got going here. Um, huh, where should we skip to without Joel here? I'm going to skip to Strava, uh, Strava week for the trail manners distance was Nicholas Budzen. Uh, I think 102.5, uh, runtime was Dan Hawk at 20 hours, 45 minutes and climbing was Jimmy Elam, 27,669. And I believe the top three in the climbing were all over 24,000. So there's some people just crushing vert out there right now. Not me. I am not on the vert train yet. Um, hope to start next week after my, my base is feeling pretty good. Because Operations Felt hit a little bit of a speed bump, but we're still you know on course and still just ready to rock that out. But yeah, we hit a little bit of speed bump on Operations Felt 2018. Um, we've sent out some taper-up stickers. If you've got yours in the mail and you're going to put them on something, we'd love to see you post photos. I did put some in my vehicle, so if you see me, there's a good chance I have one for you. And we also have a few special limited edition taper-up trucker hats, and they're not on the website to sell. And I think what we're going to do is just randomly give these to some of our favorite listeners that just really are active with our podcast, whether it's a post, whether it's a comment or email, or even the ones we see wearing our swag Um those are the ones we're like, hey, let's let's hook them up with these sweet lids. So we have a few of those that we'll be sending out to everybody um, as well. And we're going to be at events, um, and we'll always have swag with us at events. So any event that me and Joel are at, we'll probably have some stickers. Who knows what else we're going to bring with us. We still have buffs, tweener hats, um, and so we might be delivering those uh, to different events. And speaking of events, we really want to inform everybody. If you've been listening to our show this month, um, the Beaverhead Endurance Run race directors are, have two other races that they put on, and they're both definitely on my, I don't know, I guess they're my race bucket list or to-do list, because I'm really good with lists and spreadsheets. Uh, the Dusk to Dawn race, uh, June 29th and 30th, and the Outlaw Trail Ultra Half Marathon on August 11th. you got to check both of these races out. They're, I mean, again, anytime you have a race put on by top shelf race directors right you just know hey that's going to be dialed in and uh, the beaverhead endurance run race directors and their team first-hand knowledge of this and i didn't experience it all because you know i didn't make it but man they do such an amazing job i mean with everything they they really do an amazing job and i'm noticing this more with some race directors guys at palisades although the race hasn't been put on yet the 
guys up there for the putts race. I don't know if I've seen when the last time I've seen race directors so involved, right? I mean, they're always putting stuff on social media. They're doing live sessions with athletes. They're doing some stuff next week where they're going to be doing a, like a webinars on their course where you can ask questions. I mean, man, if you are not prepared, if you're signed up for a putts race and you go into it, not prepared for something right now, and I don't mean this in a bad way, no, no getting mad at me. It's your own fault because they're giving you every single opportunity to be prepared. And it's almost like cliff notes to the race. So, uh, but the guys from uh, the crew from Beaverhead Endurance Runs, they're the same way. Um, they got cool videos to, hi- to highlight the races on their websites. Um, they give discounts for future races if you do multiple in swag as well. And everything you need to know for theirs is on their websites. And the other great thing is you can email them at beaverheadrun at gmail if you have any questions. Like you're not sure you want to run because you're not sure of the logistics or how it works or whatever it is. You know, you get a hold of them. And I've had to email. Um, them before uh, for multiple things thank you and man they get right back to you um, and you can follow them follow them on facebook um, dusk the number two dawn you know for that race and outlaw trail run so why don't you take a minute after this head on over there like their facebook pages and follow them uh, see what they got going both the races are located in south central idaho near twin falls which we talked about last week two beans and a burrito do yourself that favor. Go get a burrito. We get nothing from Two Beans. I just love them that much. Um, and I love bean and cheese burritos. But Dusk to Dawn, right? So dusktodawntrail.com. It's a dusk and then you spell out to T-O, dawntrail.com. 2018's its inaugural year. So it's its first year, for that word inaugural, inaugural. Um, it's a three mile, it's three miles east of Twin Falls. And it's cool because it's a Snake River Canyon area. And if you haven't been there in Shoshone Falls, if you haven't been there, it's a beautiful location. It's kind of, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, so you, it really takes you by surprise at the scenery. Um, there's volcanic basalt plateaus. There's a lake, um, and it goes through the night. And I think that's really cool because it's a little different. You see, you might have seen a few more of these, but so the race takes part. It starts at dusk, dusk to dawn. Great name for a race that starts at dusk. And you run through the night. Um, so you, it's a dead of night. You got your headlamp on your head, and you're going out for a 2.3-mile loop, and they have different race distances. Every aid station is 2.3 miles, so it's pretty easy to have an idea what you need to carry if you carry anything. And they're encouraging runners to come in costumes or decorate their running gear. Um, so it's kind of an early Halloween in June. So check that out. And the Outlaw Trail Run, um, this one is it's 14 and a half miles. It's August 11th. And it's uh, 45 minutes south of Twin Falls. There's camping there. Um, this will be its fifth year. And they've got some pretty stout course records. And it looks like it's kind of a downhill race. So you can really let it fly, especially those that uh, got those quads that just won't give up. You know who you are, Gabe Joyce, Brad Sween, and the crew. Um, so, yeah, check those guys out. Both races are going to be top-notch. Uh, again, they're on our to-do list. Dusk to Dawn Trails r- Trail Run and Outlaw trail ultra half marathon so check those guys out and uh yeah i'm excited for beaverhead just talking about it just because i know they put on such a great race now it's just a matter of getting ready for it and don't forget our event pages Um, that's something i want to touch base with with everybody out there if you're running the palisades races beaverhead el vaquero bear these are races that me and joel are going to be a part of and there's a couple more we might throw in there we have event pages set up at trail manor so if you go into our events um, you can click on that and that's just kind of where we can discuss our training 
maybe logistics, and sure would be nice to see people. So if we could maybe even put together after race check-in, we can meet, um, have a beverage, hang out. Um, I know a lot of you travel with family, so it's not, you know, something you may want to do, but it'd be fun to meet people from all over, right? For not just us to meet you and you to meet us, but some of the other runners out there. So check those out, share those with people, you know, that are going to be running those races. And if there's a race that you want us to throw an event page for, shoot me an email and we can, we can see if we can make it happen. Um, it's just a way to kind of get to know each other, help each other out for those that aren't as experienced or maybe don't know the course as well as others. Um, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Let's see what else we got. How about let's get into our Woody Footy Awards. So it's my week to pick the Woody Footies. And this week was tough because there's a lot of really good ones again. Some past winners had some killer ones. And I, I want to say past winners, thank you so much for continuing to post because I know we always say, oh, you won once before. But here's what I'm going to think I'm going to do. If there's some past winners that post stuff that are just – that should be winners now, like that would have won if they weren't. I'm going to send you something because you're still, you're putting in the work, you're posting, you're showing us these beautiful spots. So we're going to send you out, maybe not the, obviously the same hat, but I'm going to send you something because that's super cool and we appreciate it to see all these cool photos. But this week's winner um, was really cool because I'm a huge swag guy, right? Like trail manners means a lot to me and it always has. And so to see people wear the gear, it may, you may not think it's, I mean, you may like the gear, okay, which I hope you do, but when I see Trail Manor's gear, I get a sense of pride, right, because we put a lot of time and effort into the podcast, the website, um, the races, everything we do, and to see it out in the wild is really cool, so you get this little sense of pride, it's not where we're, we're arrogant with it or anything, but it's cool, right, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool that someone wears that. Um, and so for me, it's really cool to see where the swag and where the hats and the buffs and the shirts and the sweatshirts and all our stuff, pint glasses to see where they travel, right? Cause I know as a trail runners, we travel quite a bit. This week's winner, um, took a cool photo because they were in Estonia, right? <laughs> Estonia. That's not, uh, like next to Nebraska or anything. That's somewhere else, right? So Amy Pett, you were the winner uh, for this week's Woody Footy. It was a cool photo because it's on a trail. got some cool trees, but it's like this up front. It's like here's my trail manor swag in another country. So, I mean, we're super global because our swag's hitting these other countries. And I know I've seen some stuff before. I've seen a, a growler over in Kabul, I believe. Um, so if you're, if you're traveling to different places and cool locations, take your swag with you or, or buy, maybe buy some swag. It's super cheap right now. There's only a couple shirts left, but I don't know. It's just really cool. Like I said, this podcast means a lot to me and Joel, um, what we do with the website, our trail events, um, our get togethers, trail works, you know, we all take, we take pride in what we do. And so to see stuff in other countries or down the street, um, we love it. So when you're at races, anything else, we love to see trail manor swag. Um, it's really cool. And thank you all for the been purchasing it over the last few years and still wear it proudly so and we're always taking uh, ideas for new swag um we're a little low on the swag department because stuff costs like we pay for it up front but if there's something you want to see and would be really neat too is if you're specific right because here's the one i want i want the ladies out there we get requests for tank tops which i absolutely agree with right but i don't know what a good tank top is right i I don't wear tank tops. I might wear a few this year, 
but like a ladies' tank top. I haven't worn a ladies' tank top in, God, days. So I'm not really sure what style. So if you're looking for stuff, and I'll use that as an example. So you're you're one of the ladies out there, and you're like, man, it'd be cool if Trail Manners had some tanks. Well, say manners at trailmanners.com. Subject line, swag idea, comments. Hey, guys, love the show. No, you don't have to put that. I'm looking for some tank tops. This is a cool brand or this is a cool material or something like that. So we know what we're looking for because we don't want to buy tank tops and everybody go, who's going to wear that, right? Same thing with men, you know, if you want a cool, um, I don't know, tube top, something like that. Let us know the style, like Cindy Lauper tube top, whatever it might be. But let us know and we'll do what we can. And colors, same thing, because we want to add to our store probably, I don't know, maybe the end of May. Maybe first of June, we'd like to add some more apparel after the the trail festival's over, and me and Jill kind of take some R and R. But give us some ideas. We have hats, we have buffs in there already, so that won't be on there. We'd love to sell the last three hoodies, which are on sale, um, but that helps. But yeah, if you have ideas, let us know what they are. Um, it can be crazy if you want. I mean, it's not like we're gonna get everything. People email us, you know, koozies would be kind of cool actually. Um, Dog leashes, it's probably not going to happen financially. But yeah, give us ideas, especially specifics, because that's always a huge factor. Um, let's see, here we go. All right, Woody Footies. So Amy Pet, you win. Uh, good friends at Sign Garage. I have floored them with work right now, and uh, I know they, they kind of like us, but I think they'll be swearing our names, cussing our names out here for the next week or so, getting us ready. But they're the best, man. I mean, if you need anything for a race... An event, a family reunion, yeah, yeah. Go to go there, check them out. Uh, they do a great job here in Ogden, Twenty Fifth Street, Sign Garage. Tell Elizabeth and Nate that Troll Manor sent you. As long as you're nice to them. If you're not nice to them, don't tell them we sent you. Um, and I, can I back up a little bit too? Can I say how amazing our listeners and friends are? I'm sitting here at my desk, and I get this text that says, "Hey, Eric, I'm uh, I'm in the area today, and I went to Gosner's." dairy the other day and I picked you up some smoky cheddar cheese curds I'll meet you some more today and give them to you okay now how cool is that how does that not make you have a better day someone's bringing you or thought of you enough to buy cheese curds and you know what's worth I felt guilty I felt bad I'm like oh people bought me something I feel uncomfortable until I tasted them and then I didn't care they were so good so thank you thank you thank you Ben for the cheese curds they were amazing and stuff like that means more than you know so i thank you very much and man coolest listeners coolest friends we are lucky um all right we have one ask trail manners question and i'm gonna apologize up front that it's just asking me because joel's not here but i have an idea what joel's answer is going to be because we're kind of we see each other a few days a week we run with each other a few days a week We've known each other for a while. So I kind of have an idea of what Joel's comments are going to be here. So let's get into it. Ask Trail Manners. Your race day is coming up. What pack slash waist belt slash handheld are you using or are you going naked? Thank you. Well, I can't speak for Joel in the first part. Naked. I would never do that to other people. Never. Um, I shower with a shirt on. It's just not proper. So I'm, I'm very not a naked runner. Um, not confident enough. Joel, I can't speak for Joel. I don't think he'd run naked. What else he does naked is up to him, and maybe I should let him address that. But, yeah, 
I think the answer for this is, I don't say simple, but it depends on the race. Okay, so race day is coming up. What am I running? Am I doing a 25K, a 50K, 50 mile, 100 mile? That's the first thing. Because if I'm running a shorter distance race and I have aid stations close together, I'll probably wear a waist belt. Um, I don't do a lot with handhelds. I feel more comfortable not running with handhelds. Joel uses handhelds. I'll use them, especially in training runs sometimes, but I've got two bad shoulders, and I know it sounds wimpy, but when I carry that extra weight in one hand, it kind of feels funky, and so I'll switch back and forth, but um, I don't use a lot of handhelds. I'll use handhelds, say, it's a 100-mile race, 50-mile race, and there's a little more distance between aid stations. That'll be an extra source of water because I don't use... um, what are those called? Bladders. That's all I use religiously forever. But I've gone away from using bladders and the two reasons. One is the weight and they're hot when they sit on your back. Um, it just seems like I get hotter right down the back especially. And the biggest reason, I never know how much I drink. And that has always been a problem when I used bladders. I'd cramp up, um, over overdrink. Um, I just had more issues and there was more to think about and more to, to stress about. So if I was running a race and I had a bladder, oh, if I drank too much, but I drank a lot, and then you get to an aid station, and if you do use a bladder, when you go to an aid station, please take the bladder out of your pack. So I learned this early on. If you have all kinds of stuff stuffed in your pack and you just open the bladder in the pack, the water, it doesn't look like you've drank much water, so if they fill it, they don't really fill it. They can only fill it to where it's topped off. So if you take the bladder out, it's got an opportunity to fully expand and fill with water so you know exactly what's in there. Um, But I've had more issues and more anxiety over bladders, so I don't use bladders. I guess, yeah, I haven't used bladders in years. Will I use a bladder again? I probably at some point. But I use bottles, and I'm a huge Ultra Aspire fan. In fact, just this week, I got their new Momentum vest, their new Speed Goat speed goat 2.0 belt and what else did i get i got their spry 2.5 vest because uh, i'm a huge fan of of ultra spire the material the fit the comfort and the, the bells and whistles so um if i do something where i don't need a ton of water but i need water or there's aid stations close by el vaquero 50k is an example last year i took the speed goat belt um, it holds two flasks in the back and that was plenty because I knew kind of where I was with aid stations and I knew what the weather was going to be like. If I needed to on that race, I might have taken um, a handheld, maybe. Or I switch up and do like the Spry 2.5 where I can put a, two bottles in front and a bottle in the back as a reserve. So that seems like plenty of water when you're working with aid stations. And the other great thing about not using a bladder for me is if I take bottles, I can put one, I can put like some scratch labs in there, electrolyte drink, and just water because I love water. But I also like, you know, electrolyte drinks and the flavor of it as well sometimes. So it just, to me, when you carry bottles, whether it's in a belt or a vest, you're just more versatile. I mean, you have more options than just having a big bladder and then maybe a bottle of, you know, your... I don't know, powder scratch drink or whatever you carry. But, uh, yeah, that Speed Goat 2.0 belt that I have now might be my go-to for a lot because there's more storage in the front, and that was the only bad thing about it in past. It, just, it didn't allow me to carry much, like gels or my phone. 
um, cheese curds, anything like that. So the 2.0 belt, I'm super excited to try on. I'll take it down to Zion with me this weekend. And then there's the vest option. Um, that's that's a whole nother ball game because you have minimal vests like a Spry 2.5 where there's very little storage. And that's great for shorter runs where you can stuff a jacket in the back. Maybe that extra bottle I was talking about, a couple bottles up front, some gels. They always have pouches for pills if you take salt tablets, which I don't anymore. But they're just more versatile to me. And so this new Momentum vest that I've got, I'm really excited to try it out. Because I've always wore the Alpha or the Spry vest for Ultra Spire. Because I like having some space, but not too much. Um, I've had the Zygos in the past, which is good for something unsupported longer, where I can pack more with me. But I don't like to carry too much. Um, I just feel heavier which I absolutely don't need. Come on now, let's be honest. Um, But yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, I would train with whatever you're going to use, but it's going to be race dependent. And Joel, for example, he likes to go minimal. He wears the spry a lot um, if he's using a vest. Um, He rarely uses something bigger, and I know he's been really jumping around to try and find that perfect vest. He's got some UD stuff, Ultimate Direction lately, some Solomon vests, um, he's really trying, so maybe next week I'll bring this back up to him and he can answer that a little bit for you because he's trying more stuff. But I'm kind of that. I like to try certain things, but I'm that guy that goes to the sub shop and gets the same sub sandwich every time, right? If I find something I like, that's kind of my zone. And so my vest absolutely um, in the past has been the Spry, the Alpha from Ultra Spire. I've done, I've worn pretty much every vest they make. And like I said, I just got the momentum this week, so I'm going to actually do a review on that one because I'm really excited just because of the opportunity I have to use different stuff in different places. You know, carries a little bit more of their flasks or their bottles that I like, um, which I, I'm a huge fan of. So I hope that answers some of the question, but I think it goes back to, you know, one, what do you need it for? How much do you need to take? Don't take too much. You know, what's your option with, you know, aid stations and is it unsupported? And then what are you used to wearing? Um, but make sure you train with it. Um, like me, I haven't ran with a vest for, oh, man, close to since last July. And I'll probably have to start wearing a vest in May just because races are coming up and I'm going to start having to dabble into that more. But right now, um, if you need one bottle, I carry, I don't know which the name of it is, but it's the Ultra Spire waist belt that carries one bottle. I'll wear that for my training runs under 10 miles. If I go over 10, especially when it gets warmer, I'm going to throw the speed goat on and then stuff for a little bit more. I'll probably throw the spry 2.5. And if I need that extra for race, it's going to be the momentum for now. So hope that helps. I know I was long winded and I apologize, but I'm trying to be detailed. So you get all the answers you need, but we'll leave this here and we'll have Joel address this next week um, because he might have some other um, ideas, opinions. um, And I hope I got a few of his on there for him, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. I absolutely apologize. You had to listen to me the whole time, and there wasn't Joel, and I get long-winded. So, But thanks for listening. We want to keep pumping them out. This is Single Track Session 85. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, anything at all, please email manners at trailmanners.com. We'll get right back to you. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to you guys listening to the show. And keep those pictures on you know, Woody Footies and the videos on Tui Woody's coming. This is Eric, Single Track Session 85. And I'm out.